0: It's not unusual to find plenty of wine caves and wine cellars in wine country. What is unusual is discovering a sophisticated broadcast facility inside these well-protected and often top-secret chambers. But maybe it really isn't that surprising that America's number one wine broadcast originates from the soul of wine country. And it is our great privilege to do all we can to inspire you. If you drink wine simply because, well, it's a drink, we've got our work cut out. For literally thousands of years, wine has fueled celebrations, ended conflicts, and provided the ultimate connection between one human being and another. It makes food taste better, lifts spirits, sparks our imagination, and beckons us to slow down and love life. If that all sounds good to you, you're in the right place. So sit back, Clear your head, put any worries you have on hold, and join us as we go in search of this week's Grape Encounter. But be warned, we speak a much different language than what you typically experience in most wine-centric environments. But you didn't come here because you're ordinary, did you? Good, because your host, David Wilson, is here to take you far, far away from the beaten path. Here's David.
1: It's time for your weekly Grape Encounter. And we have been for the past few weeks talking about some very unpleasant stories with fires and smoke taint and, you know, isolation and epidemics. Uh, It has just not been as fun as it normally is. But I am jazzed today. I am so pumped today, I can't even begin to tell you. This is a story that we're going to start out with that is all about bragging rights for me because I... Started a relationship with a family that was getting into the grape growing business. We've had them on before, and I'm going to revisit how they came to the place that they are right now. But something amazing has happened in the past week or so, and it's one of those things where I just, I just knew that this was going to be the outcome. So I'm going to welcome Aaron Faulkner. Who is reluctantly doing this interview with me? I might add, and we are at Defiance Vineyards, and there are other giggles in the room. There is also here mom, who is Cheryl, and um, dad, who is Bill, and we are in the chateau here in Creston, California, looking out over the vineyard. And you are probably one of the happiest people on earth right now, I would think. Aaron, no. Yes. <laughs> Let me just tell you how this all began. So as many of you know, I have a wine bar, and I guess it's been maybe close to two years ago. Uh, these folks wandered in, and I was just you know, pouring them some interesting wines, and they were very interested in the wines. And then come to find out, as a family, they had bought a really wonderful piece of property and decided that they wanted to just take on a project together. And Erin, you wanted to just grow something, right? That's correct. Mm -hmm. Do something to be close to the land.
2: We wanted to find a property that uh, my parents as proprietors would establish in order to have a sanctuary for the entire family.
1: I want to focus on why we're having this conversation today, but just as a little bit of background, you and your dad, your family are project managers, and that means that you do what?
2: We manage large infrastructure projects. Um, for example, my father represented the Greek government on the Athens International Airport. He represented the main general contractor on the World Trade Center. I we. Both of us together travel back and forth to Louisiana for, you know, a couple hundred million dollars shiploading projects. So those are the type of projects that we do.
1: These are uber magnificent projects. We're not just talking about building some apartment building someplace. Yes. So you take those skills and you bring them to grape growing. You knew nothing at the time about growing grapes, but it had to be, you felt, an agricultural project. And, like good project managers, great project managers, you go find the right people to assist. Is that about right
2: yeah, i mean we we made sure that we found I found good mentors, both winemakers, people who were in the um, vineyard management department and then of course, you know, even though we manage budgets and and schedules on these large projects, you know my father and my brother are quite talented in uh, you know, the regular construction. So we actually did all of the pipe that's in the ground, um, pounded in the end post for the vines. That's all physical work that my family as a group did together, including my sisters and and, and everyone else. And how many
1: acres do you have for development here?
2: <clears throat> We're just under 100 acres, right, Mom?
1: Yeah. yeah. Okay, so that's the background. Uh, the Faulkner story, Defiance Vineyards story... But here's where it gets interesting for me anyway, and it gets personal, is that these folks are sitting in my wine bar and we're kind of talking about wine. And then Cheryl, mom, who's sitting right here, maybe too shy to get on the microphone, kind of pops off and throws the gauntlet down and says, you know, we're grape growers. And they had already made some wine just for their own personal use because they weren't bonded yet. They couldn't sell it. And she was bragging about uh, you know, the fact that she thought that their Cabernet was as good as this really great Cabernet that I was pouring for them. And to prove the point, she showed up with bottles of wine. And, and I eventually came out here as well. But the, the thing that we want to remember is that they weren't ever intending to make wine. It was just to grow grapes and sell them, right?
2: Yeah. I mean, I know the way that I was brought up. And all of us um, children feel the same, is that we don't do anything unless we do it 100%. Right. So we're all in, and we're going to do whatever we're going to do, we're going to do it the best. And that's the way that I was raised, and that's how this vineyard is managed. So I'm hands-on, dad's hands-on, mom's hands-on, my brother my sister their extended family um, all come out here and and work and help and, and all different aspects of maintaining the vineyard okay so
1: over the course of a few days now I get to taste uh, going back two years ago these you know trial wines you know which were I, I guess more than anything made to see just how Well, these grapes could perform, I was floored. I mean, I was absolutely floored. I know the wines of this region. There are very good wines being made here, but there was something extraordinary about these grapes. And Aaron, the first thing that I told, I asked you how much you were selling the grapes for, and you told me, and I said you need to raise the price immediately, right?
2: Yes, and I did. And how that <laughs> and, and how that worked out for you? Um, we are sold out all the time.
1: <laughs> so, so that was the first thing. But then the second thing was that I just felt very strongly that they should make some wine, you know, that that could be sold. And so, over the course of I don't know several months. Uh, We were able to connect you with a great winemaker. We were, uh, we really talked about what kind of quality you were looking for. And you guys set out to make wine. And that was not necessarily the road you wanted to go down right? No,
2: this is my father's venture. I got oh. dragged into this, but now I'm super happy about it. Okay. So, so, so. I didn't want to start another business.
1: So why I am so excited and ecstatic to do this story today, because I was absolutely convinced that certainly the Cabernet and their uh, Petite Syrah was maybe world-class. And they just got the results back from their first major competition in San Diego.
2: Yeah, so uh, we finally got our, our um, license so that we could s- produce and sell wine. And as you had said, we we teamed up with Adam Lazar, who we're very happy with. I didn't
1: say the name, by the way. I was, oh, I'm I was saying, I was, I was it. saying that, yeah. Because
2: the Adam also has good news from that competition, too. Yeah. But anyway, so we wanted to make the Malbec Rosé – and we made the Cabernet 2016, the 2017 Petit Syrah, the 2019 um, Malbec Rosé. And sorry. guess
1: what? I got to cut you off now. because you know, you know why? <laughs> because it's time for a commercial. <laughs> we're going to just create a little suspense here. And we're going to come back and tell you the results of their first competition and just uh, whether or not instincts were correct here. And I can't wait to tell you the story. We're uh, coming to you from Defiance Vineyards, the home of the Faulkners. And uh, it's Aaron on the mic. It's Cheryl over here playing cheerleader, which is pretty fun. Mom and dad over in the corner uh, looking weary because he works himself to death, <laughs> grinning grinning from ear to ear. And this is just such a happy story to share with you. And we'll, we'll give you the lowdown in just a second when we return with Grape Encounters Radio. Many wine enthusiasts describe wine as a kind of time machine that can transport you to the place and time it was created without leaving home. Whether you're sipping a Sangiovese from Italy or a German Riesling, tasting is traveling. That being said, Total Wine & More is like the world's biggest airport. With more than 8,000 wines from every corner of the world in their stores, you can be incredibly adventurous and savor every journey. Plus, you can do all of your shopping online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order at your local store or curbside for the ultimate in safe shopping. There's always more in store at Total Wine and More.
0: In Greek mythology, we learn the mysterious connection between walnuts and wine. When Dionysus, the god of wine, fell in love with Princess Caria of Laconia... Her sisters tried to prevent the romance, so Dionysus turned them into rocks. He also turned his beloved Garya into a walnut tree. She was, after all, a hard nut to crack. free trade chocolate-covered walnuts. And for bakers, MM Organics produces 100% gluten-free walnut flour, estate walnut oil, and of course, their crazy delicious raw walnuts. Get all their products online at mmorganics.com. That's mmorganics.com.
1: Summer is here, invigorating our state of mind and sparking desires for things that complement our playful mood. Yep, our barbecues are already working overtime, cranking out slabs of baby backs that pair perfectly with light, crisp summer sippers. And if you need a little inspiration, check out the summer wine list that no one can resist. It's Total Wine & More's Top 12 Summer Wines, featuring a truly eclectic cross-section of wines all under $20 and many under $10. Plus, Total Wine & More is offering summer wine bundles that save you up to $24 on a variety pack of wine. And now that we've all gotten into curbside buying, you can order online at TotalWine.com and pick up your order in the store or just outside for a contactless experience. The best lineup of super low-priced summer wines is just a click away at TotalWine.com. I tell you, I have not had a lot of fun this year. I have had just a, a miserable year in many respects, as so many of you have as well. It was something that happened in the last week or so that has erased a lot of that yuck. And it has to do with my friends, the Faulkners, a family that took growing grapes very seriously, did all the right things, but they also took my advice and made some wines, and the first competition, a major competition in San Diego, has... Weighed in on these wines and first time out of the shoot. I'm going to let you give us the lowdown, Erin.
2: I'll tell you a little bit about the story because it was funny. Because I'm never left alone in this vineyard by myself because of all the family that's here, but they all decided they were going to leave me and for my mother's birthday and to go see my grandfather who's just turning 97. So I'm working and I just work late. And so I, I go upstairs, I'm like, I'm going to have some of our Petit Syrah. I'm going to sit down and relax. And I go, oh, that competition that we entered, which is we entered the International Wine and Spirits Sommelier Challenge down in San Diego, which they have master sommeliers from all over the world and entries from France to Napa. And, you know, I go, I haven't heard anything about that competition. So I just go on my phone. And I look up results, and I'm scrolling down. Oh, well, we didn't win Best Red because I was a $195 bottle of Napa Cab. Okay, probably didn't win anything. Start scrolling down. They have Best of Show. Best you know, best in Show of Cab, Albarino. Right. Here I go. Best in Show, Petit Sarah, Defiance Vineyard. I, I almost I, died. I, and 95 I, points. And I'm like, what? I, I know it's good, but really,
1: <laughs> I, I, I am telling you, I'm not kidding. It's even to hear it. You know, we've been talking about it personally for some days now. But even when you just said that again, it just made the hair on my neck stand up. It just oh. this Petite Syrah is so stunning. I would call it the Cab lovers Petite Sirah, and anything equivalent to it in the Cab world. Yes, they're two completely different wines. But if you love great Cab, you'll love this Petite Sirah. And a great cab that would be equivalent to this might be 200 bucks. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. It's that good. It's crazy good. And I hadn't tasted it for a while. And you guys brought over some bottles. And we have a dog barking in the background. (laughs) We're in farm country. And when you guys brought that over, I told you. The minute I tasted it, I said, this is just off the charts. And also, you had brought over the Cabernet Sauvignon, And, you know, there's a certain style of Cabernet made on the Central Coast where we are. It doesn't really necessarily taste the same as Napa Cabs, just different characters, regional characteristics. But this is a a really the Napa Cab lovers Central Coast Cabernet.
2: Yeah. And, you know, just finishing that story... Not only am I floored when I see Defiance Vineyard Best Petite Sirah out of all the entries, hundreds of them, uh, I figure I'm just going to keep on scrolling on down. And underneath Defiance Vineyard, the 2016 Cabernet was awarded 90 points yeah, and big. a gold medal. And if you look at the competition that we were up against, it was just unbelievable. And I told the story about everyone being gone because I had no one to tell. I was calling and it was too late at night.
1: Mom and dad were in North Carolina.
2: And brothers and sisters. Trying,
1: try, <laughs> trying to stay out of the way of a hurricane. And then here comes Hurricane Aaron instead comes bolting in. And I think that because you weren't convinced about that, Cab, you were not. And I told you when I, I said this is before the competition results. <laughs> I said that cab is just crazy delicious.
2: You, you certainly did. I
1: know. You I, certainly did. I told you so. I told you so. I
2: told did, you so. And what did yeah. I say in the very beginning? We only do things a hundred percent, right? So yeah. it's got to be perfect. It didn't score ninety nine, okay? It wasn't good enough in my book, but ninety—that's pretty dang good for we're, your very first cab. We're
1: talking about a very prestigious competition that you know has really, you know, top of the heap judges and it's a hard competition some competitions you know kind of tick me off because they kind of just give away medals and you know, we don't even talk about those competitions but the good competitions it means a lot and a 90 point score in that field is just incredible but i think that the more exciting thing is is that in the next couple of years you're going to refine that cabernet and it is going to be at some point a 100 point wine it's going to happen I just said this on the radio, okay. 100 point wine.
2: I completely agree with you, 100%. And
1: 100 point wine.
2: <laughs>
1: so what happens next?
2: Um, we, are, we started our wine club, so that's been really exciting. Um, my sister and my sister-in-law have been helping me build the brand, um, which has been very important, as you know, for a business. And um, we're pretty much nailed down on that. So um, the wine is being sold in very select, wine shops I know, a, I
1: know I know a wine shop that you can get it from and you know all you got to do is just hey, send me a note. Uh, You'll find my contact information at grapeencounters.com. And by the way, I'm not doing that to sell wine. It's just, I'd love to share this with you. If you're thinking that you're going to stock your cellar with it, forget about it because there's not enough of it out
2: there. Yeah, there's very limited amount of cases in all of our wine right now. But so the next exciting thing is um, we're doing during the wine club. Um, We're going to be entering in some more competitions. And then most importantly, after harvest, which we are officially kicking off starting this Friday with all of the Bordeaux's. We will be um, bottling and putting in the wine club uh, Cabernet Franc, the 2017 Cabernet, which has been sitting in French oak for all this time. And then we'll be um, putting together a wine club special release in captains of industry line, people who are defiant. And the first one is obviously going to be Faulkner. Um, And that's going to be a blend of our Cap Franc, the Cabernet, and the Petit Verdot. I thought
1: you were going to call it the Grape Encounter. (laughs) I should at least get one wine along the way named after, just because. You know, we only have a minute left, but I do want to say something that's super important, and it's this, that uh, with grapes and winemaking, there are no do-overs. If you mess it up, you're stuck with it, and you may have made a a monster investment that will never pay off very well, and you're going to be just selling the juice bulk, and it's going to wind up in some $5 bottle of wine. But I'm guessing the sense of relief that you and the family feel about the dice that you rolled here has got to be just incredible.
2: Yeah, and my heart goes out to people um, up in Napa with the fires. We're just so saddened by that. But my heart also goes out to people who are, unfortunately can't sell all of their fruit.
1: You did a show with me when we first met, and it was a an extension of maybe the third show that I did some 580 shows ago and 12 years ago which was entitled, You Too Can Be a Winemaker. In both of those shows, the original one and the follow-up with you, the whole point was to tell people that, you know, if you really apply yourself, you can do this. And in fact, you can do it without buying land even. You just buy grapes from Cheryl and family. (laughs) I'm sorry, you buy grapes from Aaron and family (laughs) and do the best that you possibly can and get the best help. So I just want to congratulate you, and I just... Also want to say that I love you guys, and I love that you made absolutely no compromises, Bill. I like you a lot. Uh, the girls, <laughs> no, I love you too. So anyway, congratulations.
2: Thank you so much, and thank you for having faith in us.
1: And I, I really do, and and I've got the back end of my car open right now, and you can load as many cases in there as will fit. <laughs> Thanks a lot. We're going to be back with more Grape Encounters right after this.
0: We like to talk about wine.
1: tell you, I have not had a lot of fun this year. I have had just a, a miserable year in many respects as so many of you have as well. was something that happened in the last week or so that has erased a lot of that yuck. And it has to do with my friends, the Faulkners, a family that took growing grapes very seriously, did all the right things, but they also took my advice and made some wines and the first competition, a major competition in San Diego has weighed in on these wines and first time out of the chute. I'm going to let you give us the lowdown, Erin.
2: I'll tell you a little bit about the story because it was funny because I'm never left alone in this vineyard by myself because of all the family that's here. But they all decided they were going to leave me and for my mother's birthday and to go see my grandfather. who's just turning 97. So I'm working and I just work late. And so I, I go upstairs. I'm like, I'm going to have some of our Petit Syrah. I'm going to sit down and relax. And I go, oh. That competition that we entered, which is we entered the International Wine and Spirits Sommelier Challenge down in San Diego, which they have master sommeliers from all over the yep. world and entries from France to Napa. And, you know, I go, I haven't heard anything about that competition. So I just go on my phone and I look up results and I'm scrolling down. Oh, well, we didn't win best red because I was $195 bottle of Napa cab. Okay, probably didn't win anything. Start scrolling down. They have best of show. Best, you know, best in show of cab, Albarino. Right. Here I go, best in show, Petite Sirah, Defiance Vineyard. I, I almost I, died. I, and ninety-five it, points, and I'm like, what? I I know it's good, but really?
1: <laughs> I, I, I am telling you, I'm not kidding. It's even to hear it. You know, we've been talking about it personally for some days now. But even when you just said that again, it just made the hair on my neck stand up. It just oh. this Petite Syrah is so stunning. I would call it the cab lovers. Petit Syrah and anything equivalent to it in the cab world. Yes, they are two completely different wines, but if you love great cab, you'll love this Petit Syrah and a great cab that would be equivalent to this might be 200 bucks. I'm not kidding. Mm -hmm. It's that good. It's crazy good. And I hadn't tasted it for a while, and you guys brought over some bottles. And we have a dog barking in the background. We're in farm country. And when you guys brought that over, I told you, the minute I tasted it, I said, this is just off the charts. And also, you had brought over the Cabernet Sauvignon. And, you know, there's a certain style of Cabernet made on the Central Coast where we are. It doesn't really necessarily taste the same as Napa Cabs, just different characters, regional characteristics. But this is really the Napa Cab lovers' Central Coast Cabernet.
2: Yeah, and, you know, just finishing that story... Not only am I floored when I see Defiance Vineyard Best Petite Sirah out of all the entries, hundreds of them, uh, I figure I'm just going to keep on scrolling on down. And underneath Defiance Vineyard, the 2016 Cabernet was awarded 90 points yeah, and big. a gold medal. And if you look at the competition that we were up against, it was just unbelievable. And I told the story about everyone being gone because I had no one to tell. I was calling and it was too late at night. Mom and Dad were in North Carolina. And brothers and sisters. Trying to try, trying to stay out
1: of the way of a hurricane. And then here comes Hurricane Aaron instead comes bolting in. And I think that because you weren't convinced about that, Cab, you were not. And I told you when I, I said this is before the competition results. I said that cab is just crazy delicious. You, you certainly did. I know. You I, certainly did. I told you so. I told you so. I told what you so. It,
2: and what did yeah. I say in the very beginning? We only do things a hundred percent, right? So yeah. it's got to be perfect. It didn't score ninety nine. Okay, it wasn't good enough in my book, but ninety—that's pretty dang good for we're, your very first cab. We're
1: talking about a very prestigious competition that you know has really you know top of the heap judges. And it's a hard competition. Some competitions, you know, kind of tick me off because they kind of just give away medals and you know, we don't even talk about those competitions. But the good competitions, it means a lot. And a 90-point score in that field is just incredible. But I think that the more exciting thing is is that in the next couple of years, you're going to refine that Cabernet and it is going to be at some point a point 100-point wine. It's going to happen. I just said this on the radio, okay. 100 point wine.
2: I completely agree with you, 100%. And
1: 100 point wine.
2: <laughs>
1: so what happens next?
2: Um, we, are, we started our wine club, so that's been really exciting. Um, my sister and my sister-in-law have been helping me build the brand, um, which has been very important, as you know, for a business. And um, we're pretty much nailed down on that. So um, the wine is being sold in very select wine shops <laughs> I, know a, I
1: know I know a wine shop that you can get it from and you know all you got to do is just Hey, send me a note. Uh, you'll find my contact information at grapeencounters.com. And by the way, I'm not doing that to sell wine. It's just, I'd love to share this with you. If you're thinking that you're going to stock your cellar with it, forget about it because there's not enough of it out yeah, there.
2: Yeah, there's very limited amount of cases in all of our wine right now. But so the next exciting thing is um, we're doing during the wine club, um, we're going to be entering in some more competitions. And then most importantly, after harvest, which we are officially kicking off starting this Friday with all of the Bordeaux's. Yeah, We will be um, bottling and putting in the wine club uh, Cabernet Franc, the 2017 Cabernet, which has been sitting in French oak for all this time. And then we'll be um, putting together a wine club special release in captains of industry line, people who are Great. defiant. And the first one is obviously going to be Faulkner. Um, And that's going to be a blend of our Cap Franc, the Cabernet, and the Petit Verdot. I thought
1: you were going to call it the Grape Encounter. (laughs) I should at least get one wine along the way named after, just because. You know, we only have a minute left, but I do want to say something that's super important. And it's this, that uh, with grapes and winemaking, there are no do-overs. If you mess it up, you're stuck with it, and you may have made a a monster investment that will never pay off very well, and you're going to be just selling the juice bulk, and it's going to wind up in some $5 bottle of wine. But I'm guessing the sense of relief that you and the family feel about the dice that you rolled here has got to be just incredible.
2: Yeah, and my heart goes out to people um, up in Napa with the fires. We're just so saddened by that. But my heart also goes out to people who are unfortunately can't sell all of their fruit.
1: You did a show with me when we first met, and it was a an extension of maybe the third show that I did some 580 shows ago and 12 years ago which was entitled, You Too Can Be a Winemaker. In both of those shows, the original one and the follow-up with you, the whole point was to tell people that, you know, if you really apply yourself, you can do this. And in fact, you can do it without buying land even. You just buy grapes from Cheryl and family. (laughs) I'm sorry, you buy grapes from Aaron and family (laughs) and do the best that you possibly can and get the best help. So I just want to congratulate you, and I just also want to say that I love you guys and I love that you made absolutely no compromises. Bill, I like you a lot. Uh, The girls, (laughs) No, I love you too. So anyway, congratulations.
2: Thank you so much. And thank you for having faith in us.
1: And I I really do. And and I've got the back end of my car open right now and you can load as many cases in there as will fit. (laughs) Thanks a lot. We're going to be back with more Grape Encounters right after this.
0: We like to talk about Wine We're back with more Grape Encounters Hey, please do us an enormous favor And like us on Facebook It's the very best way to learn about other opportunities That we may not share on the broadcast Also, join our mailing list on GrapeEncounters.com Listeners on our contact list Receive some exclusive opportunities Become an insider Enough said Here's your wine captain, David Wilson. Maybe it's
1: just that I'm slow on the uptake, but I made an observation a couple of days ago that it really hadn't occurred to me before. And a little backstory: I uh, get up in the morning and I try to get as many of my phone calls out of the way as I can before we start uh, doing interviews, recording, and that sort of thing. But after about like the 10th or 12th phone call I realized that literally everybody that I talked to was in a really, really down mood. And I think, you know, we talk about this new normal, and part of that new normal is, I think being not nearly as happy as we were before the pandemic. So I just have to continue to recommit myself all the time to try to make things as happy and fun as I possibly can. And it's kind of sad to me that... I seldom, if ever, hear anybody say, oh, man, I sure had a good time last night. That just seems to be a part of our history, and we need to make it a part of our present. And, you know, by the way, just to talk about how bad it is, I saw a video this morning, and it uh, comes to us from Surrey in uh, England. And it's a video that has just gone viral, although it was actually – Uh, filmed back in May, and it's a woman who is in a store. The name of the place is the Lingfield High Street Co-op Grocery Store in Surrey, and apparently she gets upset because she's told by the clerks there that she needs to follow the sort of one-way signs that indicate that direct traffic uh, within the store (laughs) And she gets really upset, and first thing she does is she pounds on the plexiglass divider, and then she goes on a rampage, and this is what it has to do with Grape Encounters. She goes down to this very extensive wine aisle with, I guess, maybe about five shelves of wine going up, and it's a long aisle, and she proceeds to just start pulling all of the wine off of the shelf. And there's just like all of these bottles that are busting on the floor. It was like an earthquake hit the place. And the whole aisle was just filled with broken glass and red wine. And all I have to say is this, that no matter how bad it gets, no matter how down you might feel, please don't take it out on the wine. So let's not do that. And let's do everything that we can to have a really good time. I'm going to in the next segment, uh, go to my mailbag because I've been getting a lot more emails than I normally do. I think it's because people have more time on their hands and are just investing more time in, you know, listening to shows like Grape Encounters. But as much time as I spend reading online, I really, I love books. Real books that you can hold in your hand. And there are two books that I want to share with you. I think if you really, really want to learn a ton about wine, but in language that you can really, really understand. And if you want to learn and cut through a lot of the excess material that is never going to do you very much good, then these two books will get the job done for you. And you can, I'm sure, get them on Amazon. And the material in these books is just so terrific that I don't think anybody should be without them. The first one is a book called The 24-Hour Wine Expert. And it was written by the most respected wine critic in the world, Jancis Robinson. And the the byline for the book is red, white, rosé, fizzy, screw cap versus cork, wine Misses, overpriced wines, matching food and wine, decanting, the tasting ritual. Yes, it's the 24-hour wine expert. Now, the first thing that's interesting about this book is the fact that it is only 110 small pages long. So it's a super easy read, a couple of hours with this book, and you're done. And I think what Jancis has managed to do is to really boil it down to what consumers really need. She lists the 10 common wine myths. I'll I'll read you a couple of them. The more expensive the bottle, the better the wine. The heavier the bottle, the better the wine. A lot of winemakers... We'll put wine in very heavy bottles because it makes the wine seem better, seem more expensive. And in reality, it doesn't make any difference whatsoever. I do like picking up a good heavy wine bottle, though, but I guess that's wasting a lot of glass, isn't it? Uh, let's see. You must drink red wine with meat and white wine with fish. And she's got a really good uh, food matching explanation that's uh, literally only three pages long, but it gets the job done. The other book that I want to mention is one called Wine Folly, The Master Guide. It's written by Madeline Puckett and Justin Hammock. And this is really a book that is just loaded with pictures and charts and graphs that will tell you everything You really need to know about every wine varietal. The way that they did this book is just absolutely stunning. The charts will, you know, show, for instance, wine intensity, and it'll go from, you know, very light to very dark, and it will list literally all the wines on that continuum and it makes it really, really super easy for you to decide what ones you might want to try. And it gets into everything. It gets into the flavors, the acidity, the alcohol. And the best part about this book is The Lion's Share is a varietal by varietal explanation with illustrations and graphs that will help you to understand virtually all of the wines that you're probably ever going to drink by varietal in a way that I've never seen it presented before. It's just outstanding. Uh, I can't say enough about it. It gets into the characteristics of the wine. It talks about the most important wine regions and what kind of wines are being produced there. Again, it's not a huge book, but it really is Pretty much, I think, the easiest, best reference book. It's called uh, Wine Folly, Magnum Edition, uh, Madeline Puckett and Justin Hammock. That being said, I I do want to also mention – It's a much thicker book. It's got an enormous amount of information. For some people, it may be a lot more than you may need or want, but it's Karen McNeil's Wine Bible, and it is a doozy. She updates this book all the time. It's probably the penultimate reference book uh, for wine, although uh, Jancis Robinson, who I mentioned earlier, uh, is the author of the Encyclopedia of Wine, and that's a, a doozy as well. But uh, Karen McNeil does a, a great job, and I think she keeps it very real, keeps it very down to earth. She's a master at explaining things in terms uh, that anybody can understand without dumbing it down so, again, it's the Wine Bible. I, I said there were two books, but I, I definitely want to mention that as well because it's a book that I go to all the time. If you have a question about something, it's going to be answered in that book. So those are some things that I, I want to recommend that you get into. Order them online online. And just enjoy them, because as long as you've got downtime, it's such a great opportunity to really get into wine and learn things that you never knew before. And there is so much to learn. So uh, check it out, please, and enjoy it. And then, you know, you can go online and you can order some of these wines that you've never had before, or you can go into a wonderful place like Total Wine & More and pick up bottles of these varietals that you have never tasted and it'll be way fun for you okay so that's that about that we're going to be back in just a second and I'm going to just share with you an email exchange by somebody who was listening to my show and took a little bit of exception to something that I said but it all turned out really nice back with that in just a second As summer turns to fall, leaves and wardrobes aren't the only thing that change color. This is the time of year when wine preferences tend to darken up. Cold, crisp whites are already making way for fall favorites like Pinot Noir and luscious California Zin. Tropically tinted New Zealand Sauvignon Blancs won't migrate south just yet, and rosés will also remain resilient well into turkey time. But folks like me, who've enjoyed lighter fare in the backyard all summer, will venture out and take a cab almost everywhere we go. Now there's no doubt about this fall phenomenon. It's a time when wine enthusiasts get more adventurous and try things outside of their comfort zone. And if your comfort zone could use a little reimagination, let the experts at Total Wine & More show you just how much adventure there is to discover among their inventory of 8,000 or more wines in every store. You can still enjoy their legendary customer experience in-store or make an evening of exploring the world of wine from the comfort of your cozy couch. Load up your shopping cart, stop by the store, and Total Wine will rush your order to curbside. Once you immerse yourself into an online Total Wine discovery mission, you'll quickly fall in love with the incomparable wines you can access so easily and affordably. See what I mean at TotalWine.com. You know, I have been doing Grape Encounters for so long, I sometimes forget that I had a different life before Grape Encounters. And what I did literally just before Grape Encounters and during the start of Grape Encounters is I, among other things, hosted an afternoon drive show on a news and talk station. And I have to tell you, I really, really hated the fact that no matter what I said, I was going to get hate mail. And I didn't even take extreme positions on anything, but boy... If you're talking about issues, people will come right down your throat for just the smallest reasons. And so it's been a pleasure to do Grape Encounters where we just talk about soft, easy topics and fun things for the most part. But once in a while, I do venture into issues that can be a little bit political. And that was the case in the last installment of Grape Encounters. And the reason I'm telling you this, by the way, is because I got an email from a fellow who was pretty bit out of shape uh, about what I had said. So anyway, uh, just going back, I was having a conversation with my guest, and we were talking about the wildfires and the smoke taint and all of that. And one of the things that I admonished my audience to really consider is, even if... You don't believe in climate change. Even if you just think that is all just a whole bunch of hooey. Isn't it better, really? to be gentle on our environment. Wouldn't it be better if we were driving electric cars as opposed to putting all these hydrocarbons and CO2 um, into the air? Wouldn't it be better if we grew grapes without pesticides? You know, you can turn some very gentle insects loose in the vineyard and they'll eat up the really bad critters or bats will do the same thing. There are all kinds of ways to combat things that we used to combat with chemicals. So that was just the point I was making. Look, if, if you're given the opportunity to do something that is less polluting, that is better for the environment then that is probably the choice that we should make, regardless of whether or not you believe in global warming. And I just thought putting that out there was kind of um, a great compromise position, but not so fast. I got an email from a fellow, and he was kind of <laughs> put off by what I said. I guess, first of all, he took exception to the fact that CO2 is actually bad for the environment. But anyway, here's here's what he says. I just happened to be listening to your program today. And toward the end of the program, I heard the man apparently running the show begin prattling on about climate change and the need to reduce CO2 emissions. And then he says indignantly this on a show about growing grapes and making wine. My show's not just about growing grapes and making wine. It's about everything that surrounds it. Granted. I prefer to talk about the fun adventures that surround wine and all the fun things that you can do with wine and interesting places that you can go and clever experiences that you can have all that. Yeah, okay. So it's a nice, friendly wine show. But why can't I talk about emissions? Anyway, here's what he says. He says, what does he and maybe the rest of you as well think that grapevines feed on as well as the nutrients they extract from the soil? That's right, CO2. This is a vital part of a plant's nutrition needs. And the climate alarmists, I guess that would be me now, would have us believe that we have to reduce the level of CO2 in the atmosphere. It is currently at about 0.041%. And then it's all caps and he writes it out. 0.041%. In the past, it has apparently been as high as 0.7%. He says 17 to 18 times higher than today at a time of some of the greatest proliferation of plants in the planet's history. And he wants to take the food right out of the grapevine's mouth. 20 uh, question marks. Yeah, he was uh, not happy with my comment. And to be honest with you, I am not a scientist, and these numbers are a little bit lost on me. I just know that, you know, growing up in Southern California, before they had really strict pollution controls, when I was a kid, you could not see across the L.A. basin. You couldn't see the hills. Now it's just, for the most part, crystal clear. And that's because we do things differently. And that was the only point that I was trying to make. But anyway, I found out that this fellow, I Googled him and discovered that despite the fact that my audience is spread across the entire country, this gentleman, he's kind of like a neighbor, right? I wrote him a response and I have to admit that the response was, (laughs) it was pretty lengthy. The first thing I did, though, was to compliment him about using the term prattling, because I really like that word. You seemed put off by my very brief comment about global warming and curbing emissions, implying that such dialogue was out of place on a show about growing grapes and making wine. Well, not so fast. We've done uh, 584 shows thus far, and we cover a vast array of topics. I said, as for the wine industry, 15 years ago, you couldn't find a decent, natural, organic wine. On the other hand, grapes grown with the help of pesticides and other nasty ingredients made consistently better wine. Today, thanks to the efforts of strict sustainability standards and organic practices, the Roundup has been rounded up and given the boot. And grape growers are making the best wines of all times naturally. The end of the story is that I invited him to sit down with me. And I said that I think we probably have more things in common than you realized. And I had Googled him, and he does some really interesting stuff. He's had a really interesting career, none of it in the wine industry. And as a matter of fact, he doesn't drink wine, but he was listening to my show. So I take that as a compliment. Well, about 15 minutes after I sent the email to him over the weekend, my phone rang. And it was this gentleman. And it was honestly one of the nicest conversations I have had in a long time. We spoke for well over an hour and realized that as different as we are, we aren't so different after all. And there's something that I have often said, uh, quoted other people who have said it before me, that you should drink wine, not water, because water separates continents, but wine brings people together And uh, that is our lesson for the day. So thank you very much for listening to Grape Encounters. We're going to be back here next week. I'm going up to Napa, and I am going to be interviewing some astonishing people up there, uh, including uh, renowned, world-renowned chef Charlie Palmer. And I just can't wait to sit down with him. So that's going to be next week on Grape Encounters. Until then, you know, be nice to each other and use wine to bridge your differences this edition of grape encounters has been brought to you by total wine and more when total wine and more challenged themselves to keep more than 8,000 wines on hand they pioneered a consumer experience that 99.999 percent of the population would have thought was impossible it was an undertaking that i still can't totally get my arms around today But I've spent many hours of my personal time being that adult kid in a candy store, using my mouse to learn about their extremely affordable top 20 wines of the year, or learning eye-opening details about the iconic winemakers behind Total Wine's Legends of Wine collection. TotalWine.com is an online resource so rich with content, it's hard to imagine a more satisfying wine-related experience. Spend all the time you want at TotalWine.com or at your nearest store. Just make sure you're back here with me at the same time next week for another Grape Encounter.